Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Two Paths, One Choice, brothers and sisters. Two Paths, One Choice. There are two distinctly different paths described throughout biblical text, brothers and sisters. One path is the path of the wicked, which is in darkness. The other path is the path of the just, which is in scripture described as the light, brothers and sisters. These two paths do not run on the same course, brothers and sisters. So those who believe in relative truth want to convince us that what? There's many paths that lead to the same destination. And the Bible doesn't substantiate that, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove it. There's a choice that has to be made, brothers and sisters, especially for the children of Israel. We can no longer play the middle. We can no longer be lukewarm, brothers and sisters. If you want to follow Satan, then just follow him. Stop playing with it. Just give it to him. Just follow him. Don't act like you're following the most high. But if you're going to follow the most high, then you have to do that. And you can't compromise at all, brothers and sisters. So we're going to talk about the two paths. We're going to go to Ezekiel 3 and 1. We're going to read 1 through 9, brother. Ezekiel 3, verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll. That roll, that roll, brothers and sisters, is the scriptures. The, the scriptures were in scrolls at one time. Before there was, when it was in scrolls, it wasn't broken up into chapters, brothers and sisters. It was one text. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go. Speak unto the house of Israel. So eat this roll, eat the scriptures, brothers and sisters, the bread of life, and then go to the house of Israel. So that was that's our mission, brothers and sisters. Of course, we'll go to the Gentiles first. Uh, we'll go to the Gentiles also. But first, first you must go to the children of Israel. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and to fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Right, because when you first get the understanding, it's like sweetness, brothers and sisters. When you find out that you're the children of Israel, it's like sweetness. When you find out that Christ was a man of color, it's like sweetness. When you find out King James was a man of color that was for your turn, it's like sweetness. Verse 4, And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee into the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. So that's what we do. That's, that's your charge. Each Israelite, brothers and sisters, have a responsibility to go to our people. Even if you don't go to Gentiles, you're commanded to go to our people, brothers and sisters. Verse 5, for thou art not set to a people of strange speech. Read that again, brother. For thou art not set to a people of strange speech and of an hard language, but to the house of Israel. So the original mission was to go to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. Not too many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not under understand, Surely had I set thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. Read that again, brother. Surely had I set thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. So the Most High is saying, had I told you to go to the Gentiles, they would have followed this. But Israel, not so much. The other nations would have said, hold on. So you're telling me if I 
follow these laws and implement these laws, I can rule? Brothers and sisters, they would definitely do it because they enslaved us and beat us and whipped us for rulership. So do you think they would not follow this? If you went to the Assyrians, if you went to the uh, the Babylonians, if you went to any other people, they would have listened. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. Not to many people of a strange speech. Read verse, a, excuse me. Read, start at verse 5, brother, please. Verse 5. For thou art not sent to a people of strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to... Not too many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. See, so if he would have sent us to Gentiles, they would have followed this, brothers and sisters. But Israel is very stiff-necked. The Bible is going to talk to you about that. Verse 7. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee. Read that again, brother. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee. They won't listen to you, Ezekiel. For they will not hearken unto me. Because they won't listen to me. This is what the Most High said. They're not going to listen to you, Ezekiel, but go to him anyway. That's what he said. They won't even hear me out. They won't even listen to me. This is our people, brothers and sisters. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their face, and thy forehead strong against their forehead. So what is this talking about? He's saying he made our face hard because why? When you go to the children of Israel and show them the spiritual implications or the ramifications for the choices that they make, a lot of times they act with maliciousness and hostility towards our own people, brothers and sisters. If they're not particularly fond of your message, a lot of times, you know the death stares that you can get from our people, brothers and sisters? The cold look that our people give? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their face. And thy forehead strong against their forehead, as an adamant harder, as an adamant harder than flint have I made their forehead. Fear them not. Read that again, brother. Fear them not. Fear them not. Why? If they don't agree, they can become very hostile. They can be, become very aggressive, brothers and sisters. They could deal with venom and vitriol and maliciousness towards their own people. Remember who killed Christ. Remember who was responsible for delivering Christ up. Remember who was responsible for delivering the disciples up. Of course, the Romans had the authority to say who died, but who were the people leading the charge for, the, for, for our Lord to be crucified? That was our own people, brothers and sisters. Uh, read number nine, uh, verse 9 one more time, brother, please. Verse 9. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks. N neither be dismayed at their looks, the, the scowls that our people give you. Th though they be a rebellious house. Right, so brothers and sisters, each individual who's an Israelite is charged to go to Israel and show the spiritual impl implications of the choices that we make. And that's not going to be popular, brothers and sisters. Why? How do we know that? Go to Isaiah 30, verse 9, Brother Corey, please. Because the Bible prophesied that our people don't want to hear truth. Isaiah 30, verse 9. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. See, this is a rebellious people. Continue, brother. Verse 10. Which say to the seers. What do they say? See not, and to the prophets. 
prophesy not unto us right things. So don't speak to us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. See, this is what this is what our people want to hear, brothers and sisters. They want to hear pleasantries. They want to hear something that's delightful, a delightful message, a message that say they don't have to change. That's what our people are looking for, brothers and sisters. So a lot of time when we go into judgment and following the law, our same people will come back and say, "I don't see Christ in that." I, you know, where's the salvation at? This is the salvation. The salvation is following the law. That that's the salvation. That's the judgment. Our people only want to hear what's going on in the Christian church. That God just love everything. He love everybody. I had a Christian tell me recently, God, he hate the sin, but he loved the sinner. And I'm like, what scripture is that? What, what scripture is that that says that he, he's okay with the sinner, he just don't like the behavior? This is what our people do, brothers and sisters. So when you go to our people, make sure that you're not easily intimidated, brothers and sisters, because our people will try to intimidate you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10, oh, verse 9, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, right, prophesy deceit, prophesy deceit, brothers and sisters, so, this particular message may not be well received by people who are not looking to change, brothers and sisters, but we needed to show you that we were charged to go to our people anyway. You've been charged to go to these people. I have been charged to go to these people. The blood's not on your hands as long as you do it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 7 and 13 to show you what Christ's message was as it pertains to the two paths. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 13 and 14. Matthew 7 and 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter in ye at the straight gate brothers and sisters so you must enter in this gate alone the crowd is left behind brothers and sisters this is not a collective experience your path into the kingdom only you can walk that path brothers and sisters read that again brother verse 13 enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat broad is the way that leadeth to destruction brothers and sisters and that means pretty much that you can really do whatever you want to do and you believe you're going to get into heaven, which is what all other religions promote, including Christianity, brothers and sisters. It's broad. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to follow no laws, marry who you want, sleep with who you want, eat whatever you want, and you can go into heaven. So the, Christ is telling you must enter at the straight gate, brothers and sisters, because why? Nobody sells hell. Everybody sells heaven, brothers and sisters, but broad the broad road is marked with what? It's marked to hell. It's a road to hell. It's a direct path to hell, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in, go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. So there's two gates, brothers and sisters. There's two paths. One choice, brothers and sisters. Though one path is narrow, rugged, and steep, and unfrequented, yet we walk on it, brothers and sisters, and it leads to what? It leads to life, brothers and sisters. Although the other path may be popular, it, it's a direct line into hell, brothers and sisters. What the scripture is telling you that is more difficult to be a follower of Christ than to not be one. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 13. 
Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find. There's only a few that's going to find the truth, brothers and sisters. So this scripture shows us that there's two ways. Psalms 16 and 11, brothers and sisters. We're going into the Tanakh. Psalms 16, verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Read that again, brother. Thou wilt show me the path of life. The path of life, brothers and sisters. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Right. So the Most High desires greatly for uh, us to learn his qualities of his spirit, brothers and sisters. And being in his presence is one way in which he accomplishes that. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the scriptures tell you that his presence is full of joy. Full of joy. So, if we if we are around the Most High, if we are in his presence, we will learn to be like the Most High. How do we know that? Because man, woman, man or woman, man and woman have the, pro, the proclivity to adapt to any environment that we surround, you know. Any environment that we're surrounded with, brothers and sisters, we have the the ability to be a chameleon. So if you hang out, if you frequent or patronize sinful environment, it's a great chance that you're going to become sinful, brothers and sisters. The Bible shows that the truth lies within the Most High's instruction. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Right. So the Bible is telling you that the straight gate is the path to life, brothers and sisters. And if we follow that path, then we'll be in the presence of the Most High. Therefore, we will become more like the Most High, brothers and sisters. That's just the way it is. A lot of our people say that we're a product of our environment. And that's the truth. There's still no excuse for iniquity or sin, but it's the truth. So if we surround ourselves with people that have the same goals, we surround ourselves with the Most High, His instruction, we'll have an easier life. We'll have an easier life, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs 4 and 1 to talk about that instruction. The instruction of the Most High on that path to life. Or are you on that direct line to the gates of hell? Uh, excuse me. 4 and 1. Proverbs 4 Verse 1, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. This is the instruction of a father for the benefit of his children, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 4? Verse 4, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Read that again, brother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my, my words. Keep my commandments and live. Let my the, let mine heart retain thy words. Keep thy commandments and live. To show you that keeping the commandments is life, brothers and sisters. We're looking to patronize what? That path to life. The straight gate, brothers and sisters. There's a choice that has to be made, brothers and sisters. Either we're going to be together on the straight gate. Or we're going to fall into temptation and... Go take a, a shortcut, uh, a highway to hell, brothers and sisters, to Sheol. Can you read that again, brother? 
Verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Right. So in order to be on that path to life, brothers and sisters, we must get wisdom and get understanding. That's contained in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Nowhere else. Verse 6. Excuse me. Uh, jump to verse 12, brother, please. Proverbs 4 and 12. When thou goest, thy step shall not be straight, straightened. Read that again, brother. When thou goest, thy step shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Right. So what is the scripture saying? This scripture is saying if we follow his instruction, we gain his wisdom. It says our path, or our steps shall not need to be straightened, which means what? That means you'll be on the path. You won't need to somebody to come to you and say, hold on, get back on the path. You're already on the path. You don't need... Somebody can be like, oh, you're going off, brother. You're going off, sister. No. If you follow his law, statutes, and commandments, you won't have to be straightened because you're already straight. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 12. When thou goest, thy step shall not be straight. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. It says when you run, you will not stumble. So this particular information, all of Proverbs chapter 4, this information would guide our children into the future. It would guide us well. Brothers and sisters, that's why we use the Bible as a map quest, as a spiritual GPS, brothers and sisters. Therefore, we can arrive at the destination at the proper time. Read, read that one more time before we move on, brother, please. Verse 12. When thou goest, thy step, steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Right. That's crystal clear. If we want to be on that path of righteousness, brothers and sisters... We must adopt the practices contained within the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Tobit in the Apographer. We're going to read chapter 4, verse 19. We're going to the Apographer, brothers and sisters. The King James Version Apographer. Follow us. Tobit 4 and 19. Bless the Lord thy God always, and desire of him that thy ways may be directed. Read that again, brother. Bless the Lord thy God always. And desire of him that thy ways may be directed. Bless the Lord always. Which means even in adversity, brothers and sisters, we are supposed to praise the Most High. Even when we're going through hardship, brothers and sisters. And desire of him that thy ways may be directed. So desire for his instruction, brothers and sisters. If we're going to be on the path to life, we need the instruction. And that all thy paths and counsel may prosper. For every nation hath not counseled. But the Lord himself giveth all good things, and he humbleth whom he will. He humbleth whom he will, which means he can bring He will bring you to a lower state to humble you. Because a lot of, especially Israelites, young men, humility is something we suffer from, brothers and sisters. And the great, you know, so many brothers and sisters talking about how spiritual they are. The greatest, you know, the greatest proof of your spirituality is your humility. That's, that's your greatest gift. If you're spiritual, then that means your humility should be on a thousand. Because that's what being spiritual is. It's not about who knows the most precepts. That really does not matter. Because those precepts are not going to save you <laughs> when the jackboots come, brothers and sisters. You have to have humility, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, from the top. Verse 19. Bless the Lord thy God always, and desire of him that thy ways may be directed. And that all thy paths and counsels may prosper. 
For every nation hath not counsel, but the Lord himself giveth all good things, and he humbleth whom he will, as he will. Now therefore, my son, remember my commandments, neither let them be put out of thy mind. Remember thy commandments, brothers and sisters. So for clarity, for clarity purposes, the clarity of our direction is, is, is indicative of our obedience to the Most High. If you need direction, the direction will be clear if you're being obedient to the Most High, brothers and sisters. So if you want to be on that path of life, which I know we all do, we must be obedient to the Most High. The scriptures all it continuously says, keep my commandments. So I'm not really sure what scriptures Christians are reading in the church. Because it says follow the commandments all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the Apocrypha. And our people still find a way to make excuses. If you need clear direction, it starts with our obedience, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. How do we know? You must be in the Most High's presence, like it said, for that direction. And sin is going to separate you from that. How do we know? We're going to Isaiah 59 and 2 to prove that if you sin, you cannot be in the Most High's presence. So that means if you can't be in his presence, you can't receive the direction or the instruction. Is it uh, 52? Excuse me, 59 verse 2. The water. Isaiah 59 verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Read that again, brother. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear. He will not hear. So, he's not listening to your prayers. He's not listening to your wants, brothers and sisters. Sin separates us from fellowship with the Most High, brothers and sisters. Sin separates us from the blessings of the Most High, brothers and sisters. Sin separates us from the protection of the Most High, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Right. So, brothers and sisters, in order to gain the direction, the understanding, you know, in its clearest form, we must be obedient. Plain and simple, brothers and sisters. Sin separate us from the Most High. Now, we need to prove what sin is because Christians don't know what sin is, brothers and sisters. You'd be hard pressed to ask a Christian, what is sin? Because they don't follow the law. So, according to them, there's no such thing as sin. Let's prove what sin is according to the Bible. First John 3, verse 4, brother. Because it says sin separate us from the Most High. So now we need to know what sin is. What is sin according to biblical text? 1 John 3 verse 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. Read that again, brother. Whosoever commits sin transgresseth also the law. So what is sin? For sin is the transgression of the law. See, so if there's no law, then that means there's no sin. Because sin is the transgression of the law. So when Christians say you're not under the law, that's them saying that there's no sin. There's no such thing as sin. And I, it's, I don't understand how you can have a Bible in your hand saying there's no such thing as sin. Brother Corey, can you read 1 John 3 and 4, please? Verse 4. Whosoever committed sin... Transgressed also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Right, so in order for us to be on the correct path, brothers and sisters, we must be in one mind with the Most High, which means what? We must abstain from sin. Sin is what? Transgression of the law. 
Without law, brothers and sisters, there's no such thing as a sin. So the next time a Christian says to you, you don't have to follow the law, you ask them, well, is it okay for me to kill you? Is it okay for me to steal from you? Is it okay, you know, if somebody tries to fornicate with your husband or your wife, is that okay? Is that okay for your wife to do that or your husband to do that? And if not, why? If there's no law. You have to break things down in, in its, its simplest form for Christians, brothers and sisters, because they're unlearned. And we don't fault them for that, brothers and sisters. We have to take our time. Our people are worth it. The Gentiles are worth it too, brothers and sisters. But specifically, the children of Israel, you all have a duty to go to these people and show them the way. Show them the light that you have. The light that you've learned, that the Most High have blessed you with. You must share that light with your brethren, with your sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 101. We're going back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Can you follow us, please? Psalms 119 and 101. Psalms 119, verse 101. I have refrained my feet from the e every evil way. That I may keep thy word. Read that one more time, brother. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. Right, so we must do this in order to stay on the straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. We just read that sin is transgression of the law. So now we need to know. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. Right, this is how we stay on the, the straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. This is what we must do. We must abstain. We must be abstinent from sin. A lot of times we get sidetracked by submitting to temptations that divert us past the bounds of safety, brothers and sisters. Satan knows our weaknesses and he puts attractive snares on our past at the moment we're most vulnerable. Satan has perfected that, brothers and sisters. He's perfected that. Can you read that one more time? Verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. Right. So what is this saying? This shows that the path of life, brothers and sisters, feeds off self-denial and self-discipline, self-restriction, brothers and sisters. You must be able to restrict yourself. You must be able to withstand. You must be able to restrain yourself. You must have control over your vessel, brothers and sisters. That's a way to stay away from evil, to stay on the path of life, of life. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, excuse me. We're going to read verse 10. Proverbs 1 and 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Read that one more time, brother. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Right, so don't allow Satan to seduce you into sin. Or anybody else for that matter, brothers and sisters, whether it's a family member or a friend, do not allow Satan to seduce you into transgression of the law. Can you read that again? Verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. This is how you refrain from the evil way. Can you read verse 15, brother? Verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Right. So... We can't follow sinners, brothers and sisters. We can't follow Gentiles. Our people, look, for some reason, they follow Gentiles. So, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we teach Gentiles. Because if a lot of our people, they see white people doing it, they'll say, oh, okay, it must be good because it's white. 
So, you know, that's one of the reasons why we teach Gentiles, brothers and sisters. But we're not going to follow Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Gentiles are going to learn from you. They're going to learn from us, brothers and sisters. We're not going to follow them. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Right. So we're not going to allow Satan to seduce us into sin. Whether seduced or not, brothers and sisters, that sin comes with unexpected consequences. And a lot of times it's unrelated, brothers and sisters. Sin brings unrelated consequences and unexpected consequences. When you do wrong, a lot of times the Most High, he'll touch some, a different part of your life. He'll start shaking up other parts of your life because you've been sinning. So a lot of times our people don't put two and two together. We didn't put slavery, captivity, the way that we've been treated together with our sin. But sin always has unexpected consequences, brothers and sisters. One of the consequences is sickness. And we're going to show you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Right. So what? What does this mean? That means Satan has perfected the use of unsolicited sin as bait, brothers and sisters. Satan has perfected that, brothers and sisters. So what? It, no restriction, no restraint is going to lead to sickness. That's one of those unexpected consequences, brothers and sisters. Sickness is a product of sin, and we're going to show you. Well, the Bible's going to show you. We're going to go to John 5 and 5 to prove to you that sickness comes from sin. This is one of those unexpected, one of those unexpected consequences or ramifications. John 5, verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Christ saw him lie and knew that he had been, a, been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir. So, so he couldn't walk. I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Christ saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Read that again. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And on the same day was what? The Sabbath. So the healings went down on the Sabbath, majority, brothers and sisters. So this man was healed. Now, how do we know his sickness came, his ailment came from a sin? Verse, 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 verse 14, brother, actually. Verse 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. Read that again, brother, please. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Further proof that sickness... Come from sin, brothers and sisters. Sin is the origin of sickness without any shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters. And that's one of those unrelated, unexpected consequences, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. So that means we must be on guard, brothers and sisters. When things start going awry, a lot of times we have to do some self-reflection on what we've done. I thought, did I slip up this week? What, what's going on here? Because Why? The scriptures show you that there will be consequences. And a lot of times they're unexpected and they're unrelated. Just because you stole something don't mean that your punishment will be somebody stealing something from you. Right. 
It could be you lose your job. It could be you lose your house. It could be something else that have nothing to do with you, brothers and sisters. So we must be prepared for those consequences. We're going to go to Proverbs 4 and 14. Wisdom scriptures. Proverbs 4 and 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of the evil man. The way of the wicked is a way of hardship, brothers and sisters, and stumbling. Verse 15. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Right. So put the greatest possible distance between you and sin, brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. So which path will you choose? Two paths, one choice. Which will you choose? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Right. So the way of evil men may seem pleasant, brothers and sisters, but in the end, there's a judgment, brothers and sisters. In the end, there is a judgment. It may seem pleasant for a moment, for a season, but guess what? There's unexpected consequences with that path, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to James chapter 1, verse 14 to prove that. New Testament, brothers and sisters. James chapter 1, verse 14. James 1 and 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Brothers and sisters, examine verse 15 because it uses the analogy of conception to explain the progression from desire to fulfillment, brothers and sisters. Just like in a natural world, you know, conception takes two, right? A father and a mother. And now to paint this picture vividly and more clear, think of a human heart as the female and the advertisements as the male. The human heart is what? It's, uh, it's a fertile place, just like a womb, brothers and sisters, which means what? It seeks fulfillment. And temptation, temptation is the kind of advertising that is appealing to what? Your natural desires, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived... See, when it's conceived, once you have the lust... It bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. See, so first you have the temptation. Then the lust comes in. And from those two comes what? It comes death, brothers and sisters. Without any shadow of a doubt. And the way, you know, this particular, this particular um, passage or this chapter is poetically structured is amazing. It, it really is something sensational, brothers and sisters. The way, this is poetry at its finest, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, from verse 14. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. See, so you can't be tempted by anything that... You know, your heart is not inclined to desire. You can only be tempted with the things that really your heart is interested in. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Right. Bringeth forth death, brothers and sisters. 
So that's why we must be on the path of righteousness, the path of light, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke 13 and 23 to buffer that point. The two paths, brothers and sisters, one choice. Which will you choose? Luke 13 and 23. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Right. So, brothers and sisters, the tragedy is that those who are on the broad road think that because they're among the majority that they that it must be the right way. They think, well, everybody's here at the Christian church. There's millions of people. There's billions of people. This must be the right way. Everybody goes to church on Sunday. This this has to be right. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Right. See, brothers and sisters, so there's a lot of vain talkers out there who think that they're getting in and they're not because they're on the broad road, the road where you can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do and you can get into heaven. For example, those who don't believe in baptism are not getting in the kingdom. I've heard brothers say, well, you know what? We can baptize you if you want. We can baptize you if you want, but it's your choice. If you're teaching that, you're not getting in because Christ had no sin. And he went through the water. So <laughs> you have sin. So if a man with no sin went through the water, how can you explain off not going through the water? You must get wet. You must get wet, brothers and sisters. So like the Bible tell you, you know, there's a lot of vain talkers who shut up the kingdom, like the Pharisees, by saying, you're not getting in and you're not getting in, when really they're not getting in. <laughs> right? You're not getting in. <laughs> if you don't go through the water like everybody else... You're not getting in. That's just a simple fact, brothers and sisters. So we must enter in the straight gate, brothers and sisters. And it's not just enough to follow the law. The law is not going to get you into the kingdom of heaven. That, not, not alone, brothers and sisters, because why? You still got to be baptized. You still must believe in Christ because you have Pharisees who followed all the laws that they could find but didn't believe in Christ. They're not getting in the kingdom. So anybody out there who don't believe in Christ or his doctrine or Baptism, brothers and sisters, teaching brothers that they don't, and sisters that they don't have to be baptized, they're not getting in. You cannot teach people, you know, that it's their option. Of course, it is their option, but that's not something that you want to say because it's not an option if you want to get into the kingdom of heaven. You have to get wet like everybody else. Christ had no sin and got wet. So all of us have sin. We need to get wet, brothers and sisters, without any shadow of a doubt. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. It is easy to be beguiled by numbers, brothers and sisters, thinking because there's numbers that that's the right way. Because Christ only had 12. This was Christ. He only had 12, brothers and sisters. So... It's always dangerous to go with the crowd. It's always dangerous to go with the crowd, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why is this gate narrow? We're going to show you. Go to Matthew 16 and 24 to show you why this is a narrow gate, brothers and sisters. Why is it narrow? Matthew 16, verse 24. 
Then said Christ unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Right, because it's a gate which requires self-denial and obedience. That's why it's a straight gate, brothers and sisters. That's why. Read that one more time, brother. Then said Christ unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right. So, brothers and sisters, self-denial was mentioned several times as an indispensable token of every true disciple, brothers and sisters. Wholehearted devotion to the Christ, to the Most High, for life. Not for a month, not for a year, but for life, brothers and sisters. And for this reason, it's a straight gate. It's narrow, brothers and sisters, because you have to deny yourself in what your heart desires, naturally. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. Then said Christ unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right, and this is why it's a straight gate. It's a narrow gate, brothers and sisters. To buffer that point, we're going to go to Psalms 119 and 101. To buffer that point. Because that alone, the self-denial, the self-restriction alone is going to weed out many. Psalms 119 and 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. Read that one more time, brother. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. Right. So self-discipline, brothers and sisters, is important in every endeavor of life. No matter, no matter where you go and what you do, brothers and sisters, self-discipline is critical. It's pivotal. Self-discipline is best defined as the ability to regulate one's conduct by principle and sound judgment, brothers and sisters, rather than impulse, desire, or social customs, because it's the customs of a society, brothers and sisters. So biblically, self-discipline may be summarized in one word, and that's what? Obedience. That's self-discipline, brothers and sisters. To exercise self-discipline is to avoid evil at all costs by staying within the bounds of God's laws, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep thy word. That I might keep thy word. So if you're keeping the word, you're refraining from evil, brothers and sisters. We needed to, to prove that. Because if you claim that you're a follower of Christ, but you're breaking all the laws purposely. Now, we're not saying that nobody's going to not break laws. Everybody's going to sin. But if you're purposely sinning, you need to examine that. You, you need to examine that because you're not covered under Christ's blood. Grace is not freedom to sin. If you have a phone bill or car payment and they give you a grace period, that doesn't mean <laughs> that you don't have to pay it. That means I'm going to give you time to get it right. But if you keep pushing that off, guess what? You're going to come home and the light's going to be up. If you just think, well, you know what, I'm going to just use this grace, you know, and just use it. You're going to come home after a few weeks, a month or two, and your light's going to be off. So grace is not freedom to sin, brothers and sisters. Grace is giving you time to get right. Mm -hmm. The whole time we were Christians, we didn't know we were sinning. That was the time for us to have grace. Not for you to do what you want to do on purpose, brothers and sisters. And that's what the children of Israel will do. The children of Israel will use scripture to, to say they can break the law. They will actually use scripture to say that they can eat whatever they want to eat, brothers and sisters. A stiff-necked people. We still must go to them. We still must be patient. We still must have humility towards our people. 
Because why? We've been oppressed for a long time. We've been depressed for a long time. And our people need someone in their corner. So we're going to bring the truth. We're going to give them the option, brothers and sisters. Which path do you want, brother? Which path do you want, sister? But understand there's spiritual implications, you know, for your decisions. And a lot of times they're unexpected consequences, brothers and sisters. They're unrelated consequences a lot of times. And our people have to, we have to get that in our mind, brothers and sisters. We must be focused on Christ. We must be focused on the Most High and departing from evil. We're going to go to Matthew 6 and 19. Further proof of why that, that gate is narrow, brothers and sisters. Why is that gate so narrow? We're going to read verse 19. Is it Matthew 6? Uh, Matthew, yes. Matthew 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Read that again, brother. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. So why is it narrow? Why is this gate narrow, brothers and sisters? Because it has no room for a consuming desire for earthly goods. That's why it's a, that's why it's a narrow gate, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moss nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So one of the reasons why it's narrow is because... There's no room for consuming desire for worldly goods, brothers and sisters. Verse 21. Jump to verse 14, actually, brother. Verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is why it's a narrow gate, brothers and sisters, because there's no room for an unforgiven spirit. This is what makes the gate narrow, brothers and sisters. This is what it is. Go to verse 1, brother, please. Matthew 6, verse 1. Take heed that ye do not, that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Right, so there's no room for self-righteousness, brothers and sisters. People who just want to grandstand so they can seem deep, you know. I just need everybody to know, you know, I'm fasting for 60 days straight. I just need everybody to know, show you my deepness, you know. Yeah, yeah, I study every day for three hours. Yep, I pray, you know, trying to show you deepness, like how Muslims do. And what do they do? They go out in the middle of the street with a prayer rug. It's just like, please see me. I need some attention. I need you to see my deepness. I'm going to go out in the middle of the street. And, you know, on the highway and turn to the east, you know, <laughs> see that you don't get. No, your reward is what you get. That adulation you get from people saying, did you see him? He's deep, bro. He's deep. <laughs> he's praying in the street. See, the most high, he's, he's not for self-righteousness, brothers and sisters. You have to be authentic. You have to be genuine. You have to do it not for self-righteous reasons, for vain. Some people are just doing it for vain, so people can believe that they're just deep, or, or, or they're just smart, or they're just so spiritual. Uh, brother, go to Luke 17.33, brother. We're going to stay in the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the two paths. The two paths. Which will you choose? 
Luke 17 and 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. This is why it's a straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. You must sacrifice the superficial life to obtain true freedom, brothers and sisters. It says, read that one more time, brother. Verse 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Right. So he who is looking to live his life, you know, YOLO. I need to go do as much sin as I can. And we got one time. See, by you trying to live your life, you're actually losing your life. That's really what's going on. You must lose your life for Christ, brothers and sisters. Give up the things that your heart desires, especially if it's in opposition to the Most High. You have to give those things up. That's how you actually obtain life. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 33. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Right. If you lose your life for Christ, for the Most High sake, you actually just gain your life, brothers and sisters. Your life is not consistent of you waking up and going to work every day and then come home, pay bills, and go to sleep. That's not life. That's servitude. That's what that is, brothers and sisters. To, to buffer this point of, you know, to, to, to give understanding, edification to this particular scripture. Read it one more time, brother. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So to buffer that, we have to go to Romans 12 and 1 to show you what that means. What does that mean? You must lose your life to save it. Romans 12 and 1, brother. Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, so you must devote your life to being a living sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Full devotion of ourselves to the Most High is the logical response to everything that he have done. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. See, reasonable service. After everything he's done for us, this is just our reasonable service, brothers and sisters. Our Father wants us to lay ourselves aside daily to dedicating ourselves to him, brothers and sisters, and living his way of life every day, brothers and sisters. We are to be focused on benefiting and blessing others, you know, in the way of the Most High. We must be a sacrifice. Our life must be life of a servant, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. So a believer who sacrifices himself on a daily basis, brothers and sisters, they become more and more like the Most High, brothers and sisters. So you have to leave... What we believe is fun, what society tells us a good life is, man, if you don't sleep with a hundred women before you die, you ain't living, brother. You ain't never sleep with another man's wife, brother. You ain't living. You ain't living, brother. You ain't never, you know, just gone to the uh, to the uh, strip club and just, you know, you know, you ain't done that before, brother. Yeah. Huh? You ain't never got a prostitute, brother. You, you ain't living that good life. Sister, you ain't never stripped in the club before. You ain't never shaked your behind on the pole. You ain't you know what you missing. Yes, I do know what I'm missing. I'm missing a direct line to hell. That's what I'm missing, brothers and sisters. So we must give full devotion to the Most High. That's what it means when it says 
he who try to save his life will lose his life. Brothers and sisters. To buffer that point, go to Romans 6 and 13, brother. Same book, just a few chapters over. Romans 6 and 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Read that again, brother. Neither yield you ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness neither, unto sin. Neither yield ye your members, brothers and sisters. So that means do not yield to temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted, brothers and sisters. The sin lies within yielding. That's where the sin lies. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. But what? Yield yourselves unto God. We are to yield ourselves to the Most High, brothers and sisters, to do whatever He commands in all instances of duty, to, you know, to give a prompt and cheerful obedience to His authority, brothers and sisters. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And your members, that's your body, brothers and sisters. And your members as instruments. So let our soul and body be employed in the service of our creator. In the service of our maker, brothers and sisters. We must think and devise what is pure, brothers and sisters. Speak what is true. And what? Use, use the edifying of the Bible to fish, brothers and sisters. Read, read that one more time, brother. Verse 13, neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Right, your members as righteousness. So work that which is good and just, brothers and sisters, and walk steadily in the way that leads to everlasting felicity, brothers and sisters. This is what it means to lose your life. For the sake of Christ, for the sake of the Most High, brothers and sisters, to buffer that, read verse 16, brother. Verse 16, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to obey, his service ye are to whom ye obey. Read that one more time, brother. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death. Or of obedience unto righteousness. Right. So whoever you serve, brothers and sisters, if you're sinning, you're serving Satan right off. There is no in-between. And see, our people, that's the problem. Our people think that they're not following Satan. They just believe they're not ready to follow the Most High. But by default, when I learned that, that's really what started me on my path many years ago, brothers and sisters. Is that once I realized by default of not following his laws, I'm actually worshiping the devil. There is no... I'm just doing me. I used to believe that. At one time as a young man, I'm just like, well, I'm not following the devil. I'm not worshiping Satan. I'm just doing me. No, you're not just doing you. you you're following the devil. Without any shadow of a doubt, there's only two masters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 16. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to obey, his service ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Right. So sin... Breeds death, brothers and sisters, and obedience breeds righteousness, brothers and sisters. So it's our choice. What path will we choose? There, you must choose a path. You cannot be lukewarm. The Bible tell you the Most High hate those who are lukewarm. He rather he will spew you out, and that's not the place you want to be because you're not going to get no blessings from the devil. That's for sure. Because you you teetering. You may go over to the Most High, and you're definitely not getting blessings from the Most High because. 
you're in the middle. You may go over to Satan. So if you're in the middle, you're not getting blessed from anyway. So you might as well just go on over there to your master, Satan. Just go on over there. Because if you're in the middle, you're not going to get blessed in either way, either way. Either come over to, to the side of righteousness under the Most High's law, statutes, and commandments, or go on over to the darkness. Stop playing with it. Just just give yourself up. Just stop playing. Just tell them, devil, take me. Just take me. Utilize me. That's what you're saying anyway. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So whoever you obey, brothers and sisters, whether it be the enemy or it be Christ or the Most High, that's who you are serving of. You are servant. You're either a slave to sin or you're a servant, a slave to righteousness. Paul tell you, I'm a slave to the work. Those of us who are in the work, who are in the truth, we're a slave to this work. We don't have a choice to put this down. There is no choice. There's no choice. There is no other option but to do what you're doing, which is follow his laws, statutes, and commandments, and to be a light unto the world. We're slaves to that, to, to that mission, brothers and sisters. We're slaves to that mission. We're further proof. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 133. No, we're going back and forth, brothers and sisters, but in precepts, you get understanding. Psalms. Oh. Okay. Psalms 119 and 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. See, so whoever you serve, you are under, have dominion over you. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps. That means direction. Direction, brothers and sisters, is more important than speed. Where it says, order my steps in thy word, order my goings, order my conduct, order my life. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 133. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Right. So order my steps. Order my life, brothers and sisters. It says, by thy word. What does that mean? According to thy requirements. According to the Most High's requirements. Let us be obedient to his will. Read that one more time, Brother Corey, please. Verse 133. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Right. So order thy steps, brothers and sisters. If you're receiving a direction... You're on the right path. If you if, if you have clear direction, you're on the path to life. You're on the path to that straight and narrow gate, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Second address, 16 and 77, brother, brothers and sisters. Second address, chapter 16, verse 77. Second address, 16 and 77. Woe be unto them that are bound in their sins. Read that again, brother. Woe be unto them that are bound in their sin. Why? Why is it saying this? Because sin put restrictions on us, brothers and sisters. Sin will actually be our hindrance to grow. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 77. Woe be unto them that are bound with their sins and covered with their iniquities. Like as a field is covered over with bushes and the path thereof covered with thorns that no man may travel through. See? So if you sin, brothers and sisters, it's going to hinder you. When we say hinder, that means to put an obstacle in the way to slow down pro progress or completion. 
brothers and sisters. So sin puts sticker bribes and, and thorns in your way, on your path. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 77. Woe be unto them that are bound with their sins and covered with their iniquities. Like as a field is covered over with bushes and the path thereof covered with thorns that no man may travel through. Right. So sin, brothers and sisters, is an impediment to our success without any shadow of a doubt. We cannot afford to let anything stand in our way as it pertains to our relationship with the Most High, brothers and sisters. We must be on guard against sin and turn to the Most High in prayer often. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 77. Woe be unto them that are bound with their sins and covered with their iniquities. Like as a field is covered over with bushes and the path thereof covered with thorns that no man may travel through. Right. Bound by their sins. That's, that's, that's the key that I want brothers and sisters to pay attention to because sin restricts you. It, it restricts your elevation, brothers and sisters. You can only go but so high while you're sinning, especially on purpose, without unrepentant sin too at that without any contrition it's going to be a it's going to be binding it's going to be like cords you're going to be bound by those sins brothers and sisters go to Luke 6 and 44 brothers and sisters please we're going to the gospel two paths one choice which will you choose Luke 6 and 44 for every tree is known by its own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 44. For every tree is known by its own fruit. So every tree is known by their own fruit. What does that mean? That means the true substance of your heart will manifest into the flesh, brothers and sisters. The fruits, the things that you do, the things you talk about, the people that you affect, your friends. All of this is implications of your heart, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 44. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Your fruits are your actions, brothers and sisters. What you do and the results of your choices, that's your fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. It's imperative, brothers and sisters, to recognize the type of people we're dealing with by evaluating the type of fruit people bear. Why? Because one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, brothers and sisters. Christ, those who follow Christ must bear good fruit, brothers and sisters. And this responsibility also includes discerning bad fruit, brothers and sisters. So when you look at a Christian church and we see all the sin running rampant there, we understand what's in that teacher's heart. Because if you look at his fruit. You're allowed to be a homosexual in the church. You're allowed to be a fornicator in the church, play the organ. You know, that's the fruit. And that shows what's in their heart, brothers and sisters. The true substance of our hearts will manifest into the flesh. And that's the fruit, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 1 and 1. Psalms chapter 1, we're going to read 1 through 3. Psalms 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Right. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So not taking advice from people who don't follow the Most High, who haven't submitted to the Most High. What advice could they possibly give you that's going to benefit you when they haven't made the, the right choices for their own life? 
Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sin <clears throat> of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law is the law of the Lord. Read that again, brother. But his delight is the law of the Lord. We must delight in his law, brothers and sisters. When you, you get a new understanding in the Bible, you see a new precept, you should be excited about that. When I get new understanding, I'm excited. I'm joyous. I'm jovial. I am happy because I have more understanding. Those things should make you happy, brothers and sisters. You shouldn't get sad when you see the Bible. You shouldn't get sad knowing you have to change. Can, can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, we meditate on the word. That's what we think about. We think about the word day and night. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So it says if you are on the right path, the Bible says you'll be like a well-nourished tree. Read that again. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So we just read that a man is known, or a woman is known by their fruit. Now the Bible says if you're on the right path, you're like a well-nourished tree, which means what? You're always healthy, and you always produce awesome fruit, brothers and sisters. But the people who are on the path away from the Most High are like a dry, malnourished plant, brothers and sisters, that produce unpalatable fruit. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Exactly. So, brothers and sisters, a man or a woman is known by their fruit. And if you've ever seen a tree that's planted by rivers, the fruit is amazing. It's like nothing you've ever tasted. It, 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 the tree lives constantly. The, the leaves are green. The bark. It's thick. You can smell it, as opposed to something that's not that ha doesn't have much nourishment, brothers and sisters. So, a person who's on the right path, you can tell by their fruit, by their behavior, by their actions, brothers and sisters, and by those who they surround themselves with. For proof, we're going to go to Psalms twenty-three and three, just a few chapters over, same book. <clears throat> Psalms chapter twenty-three. We're going to read verse three, brother. Psalms 23, verse 3. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Read that again. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Right. So if we're on the path of life, brothers and sisters, we must have supreme confidence in God's grace and his care, brothers and sisters. We must have the courage of our convictions as it pertains to trust in the Most High's direction. When the Most High give direction, we must trust it. Irregardless of how we feel personally, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Restoreth my soul, which means brings up, bring us back to life from destruction. The valley of the dry bones converts the soul from sin, brothers and sisters, that we may not eternally perish. Read that one more time, brother. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. It says he leadeth me in the path of righteousness, which means what? He conducts me into the straight path that leads to himself, brothers and sisters. He does not permit us to wander in the ways that would lead to ruin. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness 
For his name's sake. For his name's sake, which means what? To display his glory of his grace and not on any account or any merit of me or you. For his name, not for you, but for him. Because he promised it. Irregardless of what you do, what he do, it's not for you. It's not for me. He's doing it because he said he would do it. That's why he did it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Right. The path of righteousness, brothers and sisters. Two paths. One choice. Which will you choose, brothers and sisters? Because there's two different destinations. You know, Buddhism and these other New Age religions want you to believe that there's many paths to the same destination and you're going to find out that's relative truth and there's, it couldn't be further from the truth, brothers and sisters. There's two paths to two separate destinations. Which path do you choose, brothers and sisters? Go to Proverbs 3 and 5, brother. Wisdom scriptures. For those who haven't read Proverbs, brothers and sisters, I would suggest... You know, Solomon was the wisest man ever. He knew about botany. He knew about biology. He knew knew everything that the Most High could give him, brothers and sisters. And it's... Exactly, with instruction. Proverbs is wisdom scriptures. If you... That particular book, brothers and sisters, is beautifully crafted. And especially for the men, for the brothers, I would suggest on a Sabbath... You know, you read into Proverbs. There's so much deep knowledge, brothers and sisters. Quality knowledge. Wisdom. We're going to read Proverbs 3 and 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Read that again, brother. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And leave not unto thine own understanding. Right. So every significant choice should be brought to the most high, brothers and sisters. Every significant choice. Because why? If we are making decisions based, you know, on our own, then it's based on human nature. And we're declaring ourselves to be self-sufficient. If we're making the decisions, you know, especially the significant decisions without consulting with the Most High, then you're showing that you know more than the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and leave not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. So we will face dilemmas. We will face difficult times, brothers and sisters, each and every day of our life. But the right answers are easy to find if we humble ourselves before the Most High and trust in his instruction based on every subject, brothers and sisters. You can find the right path. For life's complications if you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Read that one more time, brother, from the top. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and leave not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So if you cannot find the answers to your questions, it's your fault. Or it's your pastor's fault, not the author's fault. It's not the most high God's fault, brothers and sisters. It's your fault, or it's whoever teaches you fault. Because every answer is there, brothers and sisters. The answers are there. You just need to find them. And you can pray to the Most High to help you find those answers. But every answer that you need is in this book, brothers and sisters. No matter what you're going through in life, 
no matter what, you can find the information in the Bible, brothers and sisters, no matter what it is. There's nothing that you could be dealing with that you can't find a scripture on, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and leave not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. See? He's going to direct our paths if we acknowledge him, brothers and sisters. That's the path to life. That's the path to righteousness. That's the path to the kingdom, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 128 to buffer that point. Two paths. Which one will you choose? Psalms 119 and 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Concerning all things. So that means no matter what you're dealing with, the precepts, the Bible, the structure have the answer. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Right. So concerning all things, that's the operative word, brothers and sisters. So any attitude towards the Bible short of this confidence is not acknowledging the most high. You're heading straight into the abyss, brothers and sisters. If you if you don't believe that the Bible have all answers, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, you're on a you're on a crash course to the bit uh, the to the abyss, brothers and sisters. The Bible is is essential for knowing the Most High in His His will for our lives, brothers and sisters. You need this Bible. This Bible is a manual for our lives, without any shadow of a doubt. The Bible is the Most High's how to manual for our lives. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse one twenty eight. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Concerning all things, brothers and sisters, lean not onto your own understanding. So even if you don't understand it right now, that's okay. The mo you know, just because you don't understand it now doesn't mean you have to throw it out. Pray to the Most High, and He'll give you the understanding, brothers and sisters. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's right. So if the Most High... It's, 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 you know, it's black and white. It's cut dry. Because a lot of our people will say, well, I thought it was this. Well, I thought it was that. And the Most High was like, it was cut and dry. You knew what it was. It was cut and dry. So, brothers and sisters, we have to follow the precepts. We must follow his instruction. For no reason at all should we lean into our own understanding. Because we will end up going backwards, brothers and sisters. We actually end up going backwards when we lean into our own understanding, brothers and sisters. Why not consult with the man who created everything? Why, or, or the power, not the man, but the power. Why not consult with the, the creator of all things, who knows the past, the present, and the future? Why not consult with him instead of leaning onto our own knowledge? <clears throat> you got young brothers, they're 19 years old, don't know a lick of anything. You, you know, you, you didn't forgotten more than they've ever known. You got a brother who's 30, he, you know, 30 years of life experience. You think the Most High may have, you know, better understanding than a 30-year-old or 50-year-old or 60-year-old, 70-year-old. I think the Most High have the instruction, the information to follow, brothers and sisters. But we must know that what? All answers are in the Bible. You must have the courage of that conviction that if you follow the Bible, you know that it can answer all questions without any shadow of a doubt. 
to buffer that point, we're going to go to Psalms 17 and 4. We're going to stay in Psalms. Psalm 17, verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the pass of the destroyer. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the pass of the destroyer. Concerning the works of men, brothers and sisters. So as it pertains to what? Sinful actions. We must be careful to abstain from sinful actions. That's what this is saying. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips. By the word of thy lips. Thy lips. So not by his own strength, not by any power which he himself had, but by the commands and promises of the Most High, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the pass of the destroyer. See, so remember, he said, eat this roll. That's the word of his lips, is this role, is the scriptures, brothers and sisters. And by following the scriptures or eating that role, we're kept from the path of the destroyer. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. It says, I have kept me. What does that mean? It means I have preserved myself. I have guarded my conduct. That I may not be fallen into the sins, the deceitfulness of sin, which are so common to men. That's what the scripture is saying concerning the works of men as it pertains to transgression of the law of sin. By the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. And we know who the destroyer is, brothers and sisters. By following this Bible, by the law, statutes, and commandments, its structure, you stay out of the path of destruction. So we've already seen there's two paths. The path into the kingdom, the path into the abyss, brothers and sisters. Go to Galatians 5 and 19, brother. We've got a few more scriptures we're going to close out. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. What path will you choose, brothers and sisters? Galatians 5 and 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Remember, we just talked about the works of men. This is the works of men. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Envying, murthers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. Paul has given us the list, a list of the works of the flesh, brothers and sisters. So what is this saying? This is saying that no person can be better outwardly than he is inwardly. Inwardly is who you truly are, irregardless of how you look. Or how you present it, how good you speak, how good you look. None of that matters. A person can't be better outwardly than they are inwardly, brothers and sisters. You may be able to hide your evil desires for a season, but eventually they will become manifest or evident. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. These particular traits that we just read, 19 through 21, are on the path to destruction. These 
the path of destruction are paved with these particular traits. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. See? So when the flesh is not surrendering to the sanctifying power of the Most High, it will work around the clock 24 hours a day to produce fruit that is hurtful and damaging, even deadly, brothers and sisters. This is the occupation of the flesh to fulfill these particular things. That's why it says the works of the flesh. Continue, brother. Verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They shall not what? Inherit the kingdom of God. So this is the New Testament telling you to abstain from sin. See, I'll take a Christian right here and say, okay, so what is this? Because this is the New Testament telling you that if you transgress these particular laws, you will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. See, you have to take, you have to, don't even go into the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, because if you go into the Old Testament, you're going to lose, because they're going to automatically say, we don't deal with the Old Testament, so you must stick with the New Testament. You can teach it out of the New Testament, it's all throughout the New Testament. So what is this saying, brother? Or what is this saying, sister? What is this scripture saying? You have to go with them, scripture by scripture, brothers and sisters, take your time and point it out to them, and say, well, what is this? Well, who is that? Well, what is this talking about? Because this is the New Testament saying to abstain from sin, or you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Paul tells us that if we let the flesh have its way, brothers and sisters, it will jump at the chance to manifest its evil desires and natural cravings. It will. The flesh, if the flesh goes unjudged, brothers and sisters, these are the things that become emanating out of your spiritual life. Satan is all too happy to provide the food for a wicked appetite, brothers and sisters. These are the works of the flesh. So if you're walking down the path of destruction, the path of the destroyer, these are the particular acts that you will, that you will bring forth. This is the fruit that you'll bring forth, brothers and sisters. Go to 1 Peter 5 and 8, brother. We've got a few more scriptures and we're going to close out. First Peter chapter five, verse eight and nine. First Peter five, verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant. Read that again, brother. Be sober, be, be alert. Peter be urges his readers to be clear minded. Why? Why? Because sin affects your spiritual equilibrium. All of the sins that we just read in the previous uh, passage. If you're not sober minded, what does that do? That magnifies the craving for sin. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Right, see? The path of the devourer, of the destroyer. So we must be sober, be vigilant, brothers and sisters. So living a life of sin 
or, or living a life always inebriated heightens your cravings for sin. It magnifies the weakness of the flesh, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying. We must be sober because why? If we're not, it makes us more susceptible to sin, brothers and sisters. If you ignore the instruction from the su supreme instructor, it leads to a path of ruin and destruction, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Right, so that means any temptation that you go through, understand that other people have gone through it too, brothers and sisters. So why did we go here? To show you that even though the Most High's instruction may not always be convenient, it's beneficial, brothers and sisters. Because why? There's a spiritual enemy with an agenda to bring harm to you, to, to us. There's an enemy that's looking to bring harm towards us, brothers and sisters. And we must be on guard. A brother or a sister who comes from a party and is falling down drunk. If they get into fisticuffs, it's a great chance that they're going to lose. Because why? The, the equilibrium is off. So you can't really defend yourself best. We're going to Proverbs 4 and 18. We have five more scriptures after that. And we're going to close out. Read verse 18, brother, please. Proverbs 4 and 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So, brothers and sisters, these words of Solomon place before us a vivid contrast between the path of righteousness and the way of the wicked. We're going to read it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. See, so there's only two paths, brothers and sisters. From God's, from the Most High's standpoint, there are only two classes of people, the righteous and the wicked. There is no in-between, brothers and sisters. Where do you fall? Where do I fall? Where do we fall, brothers and sisters? The righteous are those who are obedient to the Most High. The wicked are those who are disobedient before the Most High, brothers and sisters. The righteous are in the minority. The wicked are in the majority, brothers and sisters. The righteous are in the light. The wicked are in the dark, brothers and sisters. Two paths. Read that again from the top, brother, please. Verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Attend to my words. Where his words contained? In the Bible, brothers and sisters. So what path are you on? What path are you on? Be real with yourself. Be real with yourself, brothers and sisters. If you want to just go out and, and just, you know, just deal with, you know, YOLO. If you want to deal with that, then that's fine too doesn't really benefit us if you don't follow the law or if you do it really doesn't benefit us at all so it would behoove you to follow what's righteous but if you don't want to hey just go over there and stop acting like you're following christ that's what really that's what really tickles my nerves is that people are acting like they're following christ when they're not following any of the laws why not just say i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm hard 
you know, I do what I want to do. I don't care. Do what I don't care what the most high say. Why not just say that? Stop trying to, you know, sugarcoat it. Stop trying to sugarcoat it, brothers and sisters. Go to John 8 and 12, brother. Are you on the right path? Those who, you know, who, who are part of our church are on the right path because they practice his law, statutes, and commandments. They are perfecting the, 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 the craft of self-denial and self-restriction. What path will you choose, brothers and sisters? Verse 12, brother. John 8 and 12. Then spake Christ again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The only way to be rescued from darkness and brought into the light, brothers and sisters, is to follow Christ. And Satan is looking to keep us in a perpetual state of spiritual darkness. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. Then spake Christ again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Right. So it's, it's two paths. The path of light, the path of darkness, brothers and sisters. So we have to be real with ourselves. Either you're going to follow and do what's right. You're going to try to follow all the laws that you possibly can when you can. Of course, you have grace. Or just don't follow any of it. Don't even strain yourself. Don't don't strain yourself. Just go on over to the devil and, and, and follow him. Leave this to the righteous and we'll leave the sin to you. Go to Psalms 19 and 7 to buffer that point, brother. Psalms 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. Read that again, brother. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Right, making wise the simple. So we must apply biblical instruction to be delivered from darkness, brothers and sisters. There's no other way to be delivered. It's to follow, to apply, to deal with some level of self-examination. Of measuring ourselves against the Bible, man and woman. This is the only way to be, to be delivered from darkness, brothers, brothers and sisters. Go to Psalms 97 and 10, brother. We're almost done here. Psalms 97 verse 10. The Bible, brothers and sisters, is your spiritual GPS. Without it, you're lost. I'm lost. We are lost. The children of Israel are lost. Verse 10, ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Read that again, brother. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. So you must be absolutely repudiated at the thought of sin, brothers and sisters. It mu you must never take pleasure in wickedness. That's what this is saying. We must be utterly repulsed by transgression, brothers and sisters. We must practice abstinence from sin, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivered them out of the hands of the wicked. He preserved the soul of his saints, those who follow his law, brothers and sisters. We must hate evil. We must refrain from anything that could appear to be evil. Now, read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Right. Now, how do you love the Lord? 
I asked a Christian this a few days ago. How do you love the Lord? He said, uh, well, you know, you just believe in Christ and, you know, you just be a good person. I'm like, that's the problem, brother. That's the problem with the Christian churches. They don't teach you how to love the most high. You don't think that's important, brother? You don't think it's important to know how to prove your love to the most high? Go to John 14 and 15, brother. This is the only way to prove that you love the most high. John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Read that again, brother. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Love is an action, brothers and sisters. If you're in a relationship with somebody, as the church is the most high's bride, if your wife or your husband do not follow what you say, but yet they claim they love you, how does that make any sense? Yeah, he, he, the man is out dealing with all these other women, but yet he's saying he loves his wife. His, his wife is giving attention to all these other brothers, but yet she's saying she loves her husband. Don't work like that. Love is an action, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Read that one more time. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Right. So that's crystal clear. If you're on the right path, brothers and sisters, you're keeping his commandments. Now, the next question is, what if they don't believe that keeping the commandments is showing the most high love? That they should just be able to tell the most high that they, you know, I love you, God. Do what I want to do, though, all right? You good with that? I love you. I'm going to do what I want. Go to Romans 3 and 3, brother, and then we'll end it. We have Matthew 11, and then we'll close it on Proverbs 30 and 12. Romans 3 and 3, brother. For what if they don't believe that they're on the wrong, that they're on the right or wrong path? What if they don't believe? What if they don't believe that pork is wrong? What if they don't believe that Christmas and Thanksgiving is wrong? What if they don't believe? Romans 3 and 3. But what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? So what if some do not believe the scriptures? Verse 4. God forbid. Yeah, let God be true, but every man a liar. That's crystal clear. It don't matter what you believe. What you, your belief is not going to change the promises of the Most High God or the prophecies. So irregardless of whether your family and friends believe it, it doesn't matter what they believe. They, they're not in the you know they're not in position to change the Most High's prophecies based on what you believe. The Most High God is not going to change His laws because you don't believe in it. <laughs> So why do we go here? Because we needed to show you that the Most High don't want you to put stock into what others believe. Don't build your house on another man's foundation. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Verse 3. But what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? So should their unbelief mean that the Bible, you know, isn't going to, you know, it's not going to, the prophecies won't come true as it says? God forbid. Yeah, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Right, so we don't care, you know, our church don't care if a million people say Christmas is about Christ's birth. You're a liar. You're you're a liar. Well, you know, that, that, that vision that Peter had, that, you know, that means we can eat pork. You're a liar. You're a liar. Right off. I don't care if there's 50 million people saying that you can eat pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. They're all liars. Let every man be a liar. 
And God be true, brothers and sisters. And God be true. Go to Matthew 11 and 15, brother, because everybody not going to receive it. Everybody is not going to receive it, brothers and sisters. Matthew 11 and 15. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. See, he who have ears to hear, brothers and sisters. This expression is used frequently by Christ, brothers and sisters. It's a proverbial expression implying that the highest level of attention should be given to what is spoken, brothers and sisters. And if they don't want it, then what? They are deeply and willfully blind. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. How do we know they're blind? Proverbs 30 and 12. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. <coughs> Proverbs 30, verse 12. There's a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. See? So there's a generation who are pure in their own eyes. Even though they see what the scriptures say, they're rejected because they don't agree. They're not, they're not looking to deal with self-examination. They don't want somebody to tell them we must change. They want somebody to speak, speak smooth things, sweet words, pleasantries. That's what they want, brothers and sisters. So you, everybody's not going to believe. And that's okay. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. There's a generation that are pure in their own eyes. And yet is not washed from their filthiness. Right. See? So most people can't see their own sin. And that's the problem. The only way to see your own sin is to do what? To open up the Bible and measure yourself against the scriptures that you see. Irregardless of how you feel individually, it, that doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter how I feel about the Most High's law, statutes, and commandments. Doesn't matter how you feel, to be honest with you. Either you're going to do it or you're not. That's it. It's simple. You're either going to follow the path of righteousness and meet your brethren in the kingdom, or you're going to take that direct line into the abyss. It's two paths, one choice, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 1 and 16, and then we're going to end it um, at 1 Corinthians. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Isaiah 1 and 16. Wash ye, make you clean. Read that again. Wash ye, make you clean. Look within yourself. Deal with self-reflection. That's what this is saying. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Right. Wash ye, make you clean. So look within yourself and see the things that you know. That you need to work on. All of us know, every man, every woman know the things that they must perfect, brothers and sisters. The things that they must do in order to elevate another level spiritually. Each and every person, no man is perfect, brothers and sisters, including myself. No man outside of Christ is perfect or was perfect, brothers and sisters. So we must look into this word. Measure ourselves against this word and find out what path we're on. Are we on the path to the abyss, to destruction? Are we on the path into righteousness, into the kingdom? We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 31. First Corinthians 11 and 31. For if we would judge ourselves, 
we should not be judged. Read that again, brother. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Right. Each of us must look carefully, brothers and sisters, into the word of the Most High for a true test of our spiritual condition. This is how you test yourself, brothers and sisters. You know how you have a urinalysis test to say if you've been drinking or, or smoking? This is your test right here to see what it's like in your spiritual. What is your spirit like? Measure yourself against the word. Read that again, brother. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. It's absolutely critical that we use God's word as our standard of review, brothers and sisters. It's absolutely critical. If we judge ourselves, then we won't be judged. But guess what? If there's, un if there's anything unresolved, the judge will judge you. If you don't deal with it before that time comes, he's going to deal with it for you. So we must judge ourselves, deal with self-application, self-reflection. That's what our church preaches. For you to look within yourself and to make the decisions. Because why? The Bible was not given to us for me to say, Brother, what are you doing? Where's your beard? What are you eating? Sister, where's your head covering? The Bible wasn't given for that. The Bible was given for me to get myself straight. See? And that's the problem. A lot of our people get the Bible and then start pointing the finger to everybody else when he didn't give us the word for that. Right. He gave us the word for us. For us to deal with it and correct ourselves, not for us to go tell everybody else what to do. Brothers and sisters, that's what the Pharisees wanted to do. Last scripture, Isaiah 35 and 8. Isaiah 35 verse 8. This is a future prophecy, brothers and sisters. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those that wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Right, so there will be a highway upon the second coming of Christ, brothers and sisters, called the way of holiness, and the unclean shall not pass over it. So this highway of holiness... Uh, excuse me, this highway of holiness is a place of holiness, brothers and sisters. It's reserved for those who are righteous in the most high sight, brothers and sisters. No one entering into the kingdom will be foolish or sinful. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8, and an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the way men, though fools, Shall not err therein. Right. So if you're on the straight and narrow, brothers and sisters, you will patronize this highway of holiness without any shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters. So we work towards getting on the right path, the path to the highway of holiness or the path into the abyss, brothers and sisters. We beseech you, brethren, please choose the right path. Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.